Welcome to the Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today. So tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This weekend, I actually was out at AnimeCon, but I got a chance to sit down with one of my good friends, Caleb, who we decided we were going to be talking about Season 8. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion around it, and we actually had some really thoughtful uh, comments that came in that I think are some things that I really hope that Rare takes a look at to kind of help build out the general flow of season eight and really get some folks into the mindset that you can drop in and drop out of this without having to sacrifice a lot. So some really good discussion that goes on in the episode. Um, it's not a four hour episode, so don't worry. It's only about two hours, so you can take your time with it if you want to, or just put it on two times speed. Or if you're, if you're absolutely bonkers, go with two and a half or I don't, is anyone actually listen to this at like three times speed? Anyone ever do that? I used to get close, but it's it's too hard but uh there's there's plenty to talk about in this so let's get into it but before i do any of that i have to thank the patrons because they are the ones that are supporting this content the content that you're listening to right now they are the ones that went over to patreon.com forward slash keel podcast to support me and the content that i'm making to make sure that it pays for uh the adobe cloud suite that i'm using on, our, on a regular basis to make the thumbnails to to produce the videos to upload those to uh, youtube to be able to record right now using the software that i'm using here they're the ones that are help footing that bill they're the ones that are paying for the hosting they're the ones that are helping me get to sot fest all of that so i want to thank them because it means a lot to me it really really does so thank you to People's Republic, L-Cute, Balls, Bam Bam Bagel, Captain Hasco, Captain Hayes, Chateau Neuf, Zombie Killer, Cloud, Cosmic Johnson, Static Mirror, Davram TV, El Jefe Esteban, Fergatron, Jabaro 5, Carl Embo, Kazia the Rogue, Lumpy SRQ, Dub Dub Goose, Evil Morpheus, Xbox Mike 29, Murphy Lives, Mutinous Max, Raja the Brave, Registella, Replicated Flame, Rust Belt Kid, Norwegian, Skamelt 666, Captain Dasm, That Kilted Guy, TN Professor, Real Big Tuna, Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, Super Pack, Music Me, The Lore Chronologist, Dead Eye Dre, Heger Owl, Jeff H, Ghost Boy 20, Evil Martha, Peter Miller, Ruski Doo, Thor Von Blitz, Windsor Chris and Zam. Wow. Thank you all so much. I hope you are all having a fantastic start to your 2023 year. Make it a good one. Set some good goals for yourself. And regardless of what happens, stay positive. I love you all. Thank you so much. Let's get into this interview. Welcome back to the Keelhauled Podcast. How you been? I've been great. How are you? I am doing pretty good. I, I, I feel like I don't really feel like I have like an idea of, of how I feel lately, but we've been playing some Sea of Thieves, not a whole lot, but we've been playing some Sea of Thieves together and it had been a while since you'd come on the show. I know everyone either, either seems to really love our conversations or hate our conversations, but it's always really interesting to me. I think what they love see. most is the fact that we always talk about it every time I come on. It's definitely meta talk just really gets people going. Yeah. If we don't address it now, when will we address it? Really? That's right. If we won't address it every time, when will we? It's true. Like we can't just ignore the elephant in the room. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
You know, so, Caleb, that reminds me of a little trivia fact. Did you Ooh. know? Okay. Uh, do you know, I guess is the question, why elephants uh-huh. have red eyes? Wait, elephants actually have red eyes? Yeah, so do you know why? Okay, so no, I don't. And that's kind of cool. <laughs> it's, it's so they can hide in cherry trees. You're lying. There's have you ever no... seen an elephant in a cherry tree? I've... Oh, dab, 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 dab. That's an old joke. That's an oldie. I was worried you'd know it already. <laughs> yeah, that's a... I'll be honest. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, where do we... So, okay, we were, we were making tangents on tangents already, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, it had been a while since we talked. We've been talking while we play from time to time in in general, and there's always there's always seems to be like a, a something that has always kind of like brought to your attention when you're when you're playing CFE. So, first off, we we've we're in the season eight now. About what is that? Almost two full months now, and uh, there's been a lot of interesting things that have come as a result of season eight i think like bringing pvp to the forefront of sea of thieves has been a very interesting experiment from Mm -hmm. an outsider's perspective to kind of see like how does the community react how does the dev team react to the community's reaction what kind of changes could be happening is it is it still is it good content is it bad content but I figured this was a, a really good opportunity since season eight really has been the battle for Sea of Thieves. And given that you didn't really get a good chance to come on, you, you wrote, you, you recorded a really nice kind of soliloquy to the, um, uh, or I guess epitaph to the, to the arena leaving mm. re- earlier this year. Um, this is a great opportunity to kind of bring you in so that we can kind of talk about arena 3.0. Yes. Ooh, what a what an interesting moniker, Arena 3.0. It is it is much like that. It's an interesting take on how to do PvP without like constraining it to another mode, I think. Yeah. Which and I don't know about others, but for me that was fairly important. This will make people throw their 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 phones. Boy, I'm old. I was going to say their MP3 players. <laughs> Boy, you remember using that little thing, the little thing the size of a freaking thumbtack? It. it could be like a little, it's like a quarter of a graham cracker. It's the one I had. I didn't even have one. I was so far behind the curve on that, that mine was like one of those Sony diskette things that you could mm. like, you and their software would only let you put three, three copies of <laughs> one song on three different discs. Amazing. Like they were limiting because they were so worried about like copyright protection and stuff. So sure. I was I was way behind on the on the thing. I never had a an MP3 player until I got an iPhone, which was like maybe like 2000 God, that would that would have been like 2008. That's how that's how late I was to the to the party on those. I think what's great is watching technology advance to the point where they used to advertise how many songs you could fit on it. And now it is. You could fit an almost infinite number of songs. Like that's, you can't measure it that way anymore. That would mean nothing. You can fit every song ever made onto it. Here you go. I I was in cross country in high school. I remember running with a CD player and just dealing with the skipping. Oh God. That was, I remember buying CD players based on how much, how many seconds were buffered (laughs) so that you could, you could move and know that 
there's a good chance that you would only get like a little bit of skipping, but you know, it, it would still be able to, yeah, like 12 seconds of buffering for, you know, skip protection and stuff on your CD player. And it was like, oh, dang, man, I could do whatever I wanted. Kids yeah, today are- will never understand the holster, the size of a book that you'd have in your glove box <laughs> or in your central console that had all the fire music you listened to. Yeah. It's true. If a girl yeah, got nap. in your car in high school, that was your chance. What do you put into that CD player? Today, I use my CD player to hold my cell phone. I have a little clippy thing, you know, like, oh, you put it on your window <laughs> or on your dash or an event. Mine goes into the unused CD player. Again, this is how far behind the curve I am on this stuff. When I was growing up, like I had a CD player, but I had a CD player that was just the the bass Walkman. Like that was it. Mm-hmm. And my car had a cassette tape and I had to put the cassette tape with the little audio, little audio cable that came from it to plug yes. into my CD player. That's, that's how behind that the curve I was. I have in my car now, but my <laughs> iPhone doesn't have a headphone jack to use it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm I'm there. This is a weird way to kind of talk about PvP and Sea of Thieves, though, isn't it? Well, let me tell you something, Logan. People aren't here for... No one cares about what I have to say about, about the arena. That's not what this is about. This is about tangents. That's what life... It's a, it's a spice of life. What does uh, John Hodgman say? Uh, for uh, Not variety is the spice of life. Um, oh, gosh darn it. Boy. Isn't that the saying? Variety is the spice of life? Yeah, but John Hodgman says something different. Variety. Oh, okay. oh my gosh. It's going to hurt you to let this go, it, isn't it? It is. Oh my gosh. We it's been a long on. time since I listened to Judge John Hodgman. Come on. Come on. Uh, whatever. Variety is the spice we're, of life. Moving on. Uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no. Specificity is the soul and narrative. There's nothing to do with what we're talking about. Anyway, it's a great quote. Uh, what is going to make people throw their various Walkmans, MP3 players, and phones across the room is when I tell you I've never been a big arena guy. I wasn't a huge fan of it. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. yeah, let's just let this happen for a second. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. you fought so hard. Soak it in. Let it, let it feel good about it. Feel vindicated. Man. So arena to me, uh, even when I did my little vignette on, uh, on arena and just so it's said on this podcast, I don't think it ever was. Uh, it was it was it was a uh, a send up or 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 inspired by Summon Sen- Assault YouTube's channel. The way I did that, all all credit to his sort of formatting. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I actually considered grabbing a couple other people that I listened to, like Death of a Game, and inserting their other little sound bites into it. But it, it got mm. too incongruous. But anyway, um, but as I said in that that vignette, I don't credit uh, decisions. Uh, what was the phrase I said? It was a credit to my alchemy, not the ingredients I was forced to work with. Like I did arena to get the rewards. And then the only other time I ever, ever, ever did arena again was one of my friends who I did arena with wanted me to jump in. And even so that was very rare. It wasn't something that I wanted to keep doing. Uh, I talked about it a lot uh, and I can understand why people think that I loved it. And I would love to hear people like so I can defend myself. I love to hear people's reasons why. Like, Caleb, that can't be true. Here's all the reasons. Why would you do this? Why would you do that? Uh, but no, I wasn't a huge fan of Arena. I enjoy ship combat. And uh, I don't enjoy pure ship combat. I enjoy PvE. I don't enjoy pure PvE uh, all the time, I should say. I should add all the time to both of those sentences. Just yeah. just not the case. 
I love a fresh mixture of it. And in having this mode where there's that mixture or that potential for mixture uh, really excited me. And, uh, and, and I'm going to inevitably just sink into all the problems I have with it. So let, let's take a moment to gush about how really wonderful this mode is. It's so great to, to not have to worry about RNG determining whether or not I get to enjoy the fun mechanics of a ship fight. Uh, I can just say I want to shoot cannonballs at other ships and, and make it happen at any time and yeah. get some, some really cool rewards for doing it. Yeah, it's it's interesting to actually look at how on-demand PvP has become not not unlike voyages right now. Like voyages, for the most part, are the things that you throw down on the table, you vote on it, you go out and you work on it, and when you're done, you're done. And PvP was always kind of like, well, if there happens to be other ships that I find on this server... And sometimes you can find them, but they're not they're not in a in a in a fighting mode. So they're going to run or they're going to uh, dip, you know, they're going to just like leave. And you never you never really have that opportunity to get that opt in experience. And with Arena leaving that, that was kind of the on demand. But because it was such a small player pool who went into that specific mode, it always felt kind of stunted compared to adventure. Now mm -hmm. that we have uh battle for sea of thieves you can have that moment where you're you're out there you've done a, a few things where you're kind of working on uh pve content and you're enjoying it and then when you're done you're like oh good i i'm satisfied i got a little progress on some commendations we made some gold let's let's get rid of all these cannonballs let's throw ourselves into mm. the matchmaking and see if we can have some fun with that and just kind of move forward through that that process and instead of voting down another voyage you're voting down for the pvp content and it, it's always very interesting to see how that works um i've sung no maybe i'm sorry to interrupt you go ahead continue i i just wanted to i wanted to toss this out there before we kind of get into the critiques of it we are talking about sea of thieves and the reason why a lot of what we'll probably be saying over the next hour or so is coming out in a concert yeah conservatively um we'll, well i'm gonna try and see if we can keep it uh shorter <laughs> as, as instead of letting things get out of hand as they usually do but i wanted to kind of say that i think that this was the smartest move rare could do for keeping the game viable for both fans of pve and pvp um i think what we'll say in the interim that is kind of that, that may come across as more negative is more critique and less negative uh because we know that there's this is a game that is continuously being improved and iterated on and having some of the raw feedback like this show provides a lot of the time is a good way to kind of pinpoint moments you know, little epochs throughout the history of sea of, Th sea of Thieves that kind of showcase this is this is what it was like now compared to what it is now. So when folks go and listen to old episodes, they'll sit there and be like, wow, I can't believe that's what it used to be like in Sea of Thieves. It's so different now. And I like kind of having this little this little narrative history of what's going on in the moment with different updates and stuff. So if not to say we that everything recorded this episode a couple weeks earlier 
we would have had completely different conversations because there's been some balance changes, some some features that have come in that's really changed the game. It's one of the reasons I wanted to wait because I knew they were coming from being an insider. So I said, I would like to come on and, after this patch. And what's even crazier is, is that we know that there are more changes that are actually going to be coming that are going to even change up what we're going to be talking about now. So what you may be listening to uh, in in the in the future this may not even be as relevant because Battle for Sea of Thieves could be a completely different uh, beast in, in the future. So it'll be interesting to kind of look back maybe Definitely. a year from now and actually see like, what did they do? What's changed? How sure. has it improved? What, you know, did they end up even sticking with it? That, that'll be a really interesting conversation is if this version of Arena doesn't even exist in its own form. And in a year, we've got Arena 4.5 or something. You mentioned how at the end of a session, you could be like, let me just go dive real quick, see what happens. Uh, yeah. I have sunk, I think, about 150 ships and been mm -hmm. sunken maybe about half that. <laughs> um, and exactly once did I do that, and that was with you. There's there's always the expectation of how you think things will work and then how they end up working. I usually end up diving and going to do it, much like other things I do in this game. It's like, oh, okay, I'm going to hyperfixate on getting this thing. I'm hyperfixate on getting my my strange adventure, mysterious stranger's clothing. Uh, you know, before it was mm. on hyperfixating on getting the fifty legend of the veils, or or whatever the new uh, build rat was before then, etc. etc. Yeah. So, so I'm not just going about doing other things very often and then, and then dipping in. Or if I did go about, I did do, oh, let's go do my merchant ledger. At the end of the session, I'm done. I'd spike for two hours. I don't need to, to do more. Uh, so I'm actually kind of shocked. I expected way more for me to do that. But it was a delight when we did do that the other day. And it was, we just topped it off with a couple wins at the end and, and we dipped and yeah. it was late at night. And I'm like, do you want to do another one or should we go be good adults? You're like, it's late. We should go to sleep. I'm like, all right, let's turn in. What a great little way to top off the evening. Yeah. I'm always, I, it, it's, it really kind of showcases what you said is it really kind of showcases my mentality when it comes to gaming in general. Um, I'm, I, I'm not a gambler at heart. I don't like the prospect of, of well, I don't think anyone likes losing. Um, but I, I've always tried to kind of make sure that the mental state that I'm in at the end of a play session is one that I'm proud of. So yeah. whenever I get That's like good. one of those moments, like it's a it's a good win. We had a lot of fun. You know, it's not that's not the time to start double double downing on that kind of thing you know that's the that's the time when you say you know what i'm gonna take my chips we're gonna leave we're gonna go to bed we'll wake up in the morning we'll go see a show and then we'll come back we'll play a little bit more i think that mentality would serve a lot of people very well maybe not necessarily double downing not that it wouldn't but the idea of you know at the end of the play session i'm uh, the only thing i can control is my attitude and i'm going to be positive mm. uh I, I i a guy i played with arena for we, we got our Triumph and Sea Dog together. For those of you who don't know, that meant, uh, 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 what was it? Um, it was a lot of wins, 240 yeah, was, wins. Yeah, 240 oh, no, wins, that I was, think. It was, that was with the, with the PvP. That was for the Pirate Legend. Wow, it's been so sure. long, I don't remember. Let's look it up. It was something like, <laughs> something like get 200 wins after being a legendary Sea Dog. Something, something pretty, pretty silly There was a like lot that. of... It was a lot of wins, especially given that that was a time when Arena had six other ships involved. 
So the percentage of winning was a lot lower because you had so many more other crews to contend with in arena, which infinitely made it a lot tougher. And granted, the matches were only 15 minutes, but 15 minutes is a long time when you're you're trying to eke out a win yes. with the, the 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 sheer number of cannonballs that you can barely get in to get up over the one chest that got turned in at that time that's it's one of the, the drawbacks to i think having the shorter time frame that arena had is whoever got that one chest in they were they were pretty much locked in for uh the win unless they sank and in, having in that 24 uh, are you talking like as far as like between a galleon versus the sloop? Yes, a galleon. The the chest really didn't matter almost at all. Gotcha. But uh, so I, I looked it up to to remind myself. Among other things, you needed to win, play two hundred contests, and win a hundred contests with all the glorious sea dog stuff equipped, which you could only get through like winning two hundred contests. Yada yada yada. Uh, the yeah. point in that being uh, is is completely out of my mind. What the heck we were talking about? We were talking about how tough it was to to get those and how you were playing with someone. Oh yes, yes, yes. Got so the my friend I was playing with, with um, he we got that together. So we went through the fire together, and and we still play all the time. And we we got maybe fifty wins together. We got our ten streak with a, with uh, the Guardians of Fortune together, and then he started really outpacing me. He's playing with people like Mino, who you've mentioned on the show before. Which, by the way, I played with before. I've entered contests with Mino, but as he he really uh, pursued, I don't know what you call it professionally, but just getting really good at the game. I mean, I haven't got a message from him in a long time, and I messaged him and he didn't respond. You know, I'm old potatoes. It happens. You know, it's just what happens sometimes. it's okay it kind of hurts i wish i could keep every friend i have um but uh you know that's life and that's something everyone's got to learn to deal with but anyway so uh he played with me you know he plays with a lot of like really good people old nal guys and so he was just getting phenomenal so when we would queue together we would get people that would wreck me and you know he's essentially working with the handicap so we kept losing and losing and losing and to him winning was the joy and losing was would made him upset and so yeah. nowadays we just don't do PVE together. We'll do PVP together, and uh, you know I you felt mean the other I way around. Mad at the end of a session because I'm like, oh, at the end of this he would rage quit, and I'd feel bad. I feel like is he mad at me? Um, and, and and this is just the nature of a of a competitive mode now, and it's something that we got little tastes of, mm, delicious little tastes of. Oh wait, mm, nope, that's a little salty actually, a little too much salt. Uh, that you would get with Arena, but since it was another mode, not everyone would interact with it. Like, you could be playing and you get, oh, a developer update, we're going to mute everyone in Arena because there's toxicity. You're like, okay, I don't play Arena. This means nothing to me. Cool. But now they're in your game with you. So you'll so you'll actually experience these people who there's competitiveness brings things from, from every competitive game. People in there come in, there's people, and, and to be very clear, we've stopped talking about my friend. This is over now. I'm talking about other other. Uh, the general populace yes, general population if you're competitive you can bring in toxicity that comes in a lot with people there's people who are competitive to which sorry if you hear that that's my cat toy uh <laughs> that he decided to play with while i'm recording which he doesn't play with at all and he hated it it was an awful christmas gift apparently except when i'm recording uh he uh, uh he threw off my train of thought competitive yes so all right you, so you get people so... who who are who are who their value yeah. a lot of their value is tied up in winning you it's it's something that boggles my mind every time even though i kind of understand it intellectually of somebody who loses but cannot 
admit they've lost and they'll say like you're trash you oh you sorted me the whole time okay get good son while his ship is sinking like well aren't you self-insulting since somebody trashes me could beat you no the game's bad for letting somebody who's worse than me beat me like there's they can never it would break their worldview to admit that they're worse or wrong a lot of people who are in competitive games often have that mentality uh and you're also going to bring in cheating i mean we all see this people who who get joy out of winning will then find a way such as cheating to get the win all the time even if they eventually yeah. get banned or whatever you know that that's worth it to them uh that's just the way it is we all cheated in single player games i'm sure they're just doing it in a multiplayer game so there's things like this that are going to come into the game that we're all going to have to deal with and they're going to sort it over time and and luckily for you there's a quick mute all cruise option you don't have to hear any of it if you don't want to that's up to you. It's one of the things we said about Arena when it, Arena got muted. We said, uh, well, can't we already mute people? Can't you just put that on by default maybe? I think I may have even said that on this show. Uh, so go yeah. ahead and mute people if you don't want to hear them. I think you may, may even be able to toggle it to a button so you can just do it real quick and when you're in a battle and undo it when you're when you're going around the world. Things like this. I'm actually, I'm kind of curious if there's a, a mute for text because that's the thing that I would like because most of the time when I'm playing, I'll I'll typically be playing in Discord and I can hear the game audio and I can hear Discord and I don't necessarily need to hear what other people are saying. And a lot of the time I would like to see if someone is speaking like what their name is, if they're trying to talk to me um, from afar, like seeing the little the little text chat pop up. Sure. But I don't necessarily want to actually read what they're saying, mm-hmm. because most of the time. Most and, and it's a shame to see that the that the community has a lot of folks that are like this, because um, I actually think higher of the community. I think that the the pirate code is actually something that we really should kind of cherish uh, as we're playing Sea of Thieves. Um, I wouldn't actually want to read most of what people say. Is that not part of the option? I that's what makes me think that I may be missing this in the features. Uh, I and, it was. I, and I should I don't probably think there's take a way it. to mute the pre-text chat. So somebody can still roll on deck laughing over and over again if they want to. Yeah, I think that's what I'm looking for is I'm looking for a way to mute the actual text. Because when it does come to when it does come to um, player versus player, and, and, and this is a conversation I think I've had in the past, too, where a lot of the a lot of crews will sink in silence. Um, and most of the time you, you don't usually communicate with anyone that you're actually fighting because you don't want to open yourself up to that kind of mental game that happens with uh with you know dealing with other players you know it's it's too easy to get caught up or heated over what someone says and lose your focus when you're fighting in 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 situations where it's like it's just easier to not have that and and to kind of cut that out and there's definitely times where it's like at the end of a at the end of a fight whether i win or lose i want a gg like i would just like to gg mm-hmm. win or lose i do it all the time in heroes of the storm Win or lose, it doesn't matter. It was a GG. We're just going to move on to the next game. Try and learn what you did better or try to learn what you did that could be improved upon and go from there. And one of the things that always that always irks me is, is that that's not the mentality that most people have. Um, yeah. Most people are looking to try and rub salt in the wound. And that's a shame because I think it it what it is what really kind of takes away from some of the fun that is had in the season eight kind of battle for the sea of thieves i think it's really fun to have these ship to ship combat fights and stuff and if you win or you lose it doesn't really impact me because 
I'm I'm going to get a new ship. I'm going to get supplies and I'll just jump back in. And as long as I can mentally handle going into that um, and not feel like there's a weight for winning or losing, like whether I whether I win or lose, I try not to let that affect me because that's the thing that will that will at the end of the day start to kind of like make me feel anxious about how how am I going to perform in this next in this next match kind of thing. I think people will find that more difficult solo and much easier with people. When I play with another guy who I played arena with, uh, I don't know if we got it together at the same time, but we definitely worked on it at the same time for Triumphant Sea Dog. He's the guy I've mentioned before who got Pirate Legend with Glory Sea Dogs. Uh, oh, what was the other two? Like Reaper probably... or something like that. Something like ridiculous. Like what the heck are you talking about? Yeah, I think that might yeah. have actually been it. As opposed to the one guy who did Glorious Sea Dogs, Order of uh, 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 Hunter's Call, a merchant, or something like that. But anyway, yeah. uh, so he he had to he had to get he already got his legendary Sea Dog, or, or, or the the two hundred and forty wins before he was a pirate legend. So that didn't even work towards his legendary Sea Dog. So you need to get two forty wins as a pirate legend. Absolute insane mad lad. Really liked Arena. Anyway, I play with him now. He hasn't played Sea of Thieves in a while. We win maybe half our games, just about exactly half. Um, yeah. And we have a blast because our joy, our time is is just hanging out together. And not saying wins aren't fun and losses aren't uh, disappointing. A bummer. That happens yeah. all the time. Uh, but the real joy comes from us hanging out. Uh, that's not to make anyone feel bad for losing. If you had a losing streak, it sucks. It doesn't feel great. I think one of the great things about the, the design, if we can move and talk about the design of this season, is that uh, is winning or losing you actually get a little bit of XP. It's if you're going to get 100 on it, you're not. It's it's a very little bit of X, yeah. XP for 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 losing. But it's still something. It's, it's not like your time XP. was completely wasted. If I do a a a a legend of the veil or I've I've mentioned that voyage so many times. A gold vault, let's say, and then somebody steals it. Uh it sucks. You're like, "I got almost nothing." But what did I get? Yeah. Uh, maybe I did get a tr- you know, a, a counter towards my commendation. So I got something so there's a little there's a little something there to make me feel not awful that I lost it and it wasn't a waste of an hour yeah. and a half. At, Same at most, the, like maybe maybe the gold from some of the collector's chests that you right. got to open or something like that, but very little gold compared to like the full vault. Right, exactly. Uh, so this is similar in that way, and I think what's what's really phenomenal design, and you are probably tired of me hearing this because I probably said it a couple times to you because I said it to everyone I play with is what I love about the design of season eight is if you win, depending on how high level you are, I'd say probably about level 30, this begins to be true. A victory is about the same XP towards your faction, uh, what they call it, allegiance towards your faction. Gosh darn it. If this company doesn't want to keep making me make fun of the way they gosh darn name everything as confusing as possible... Their allegiance. Yeah. You the same amount of allegiance you get for a victory is about the same amount of allegiance you get for turning into a, a four streak. So if I if I get three wins in a row and then lose on my fourth, it's gravy. I still got the XP towards my level one hundred curse or whatever I'm working towards with that faction. That's really really good design. I think before thirty, uh, you know you know how like it, it levels up exponentially. I think before yeah. like level thirty about. Getting a turning in a four streak is probably worth more than a win, but you yeah. get my idea. Not not for long. That's that's the, great design. I really love it. Yeah the the intent obviously being that rare wants to make sure that you are compensated for your time, which is I think the first time 
outside of like the gilded voyage of restitution that i've really seen rare take a look and say like you're gonna get you're you're gonna get what you what you deserve regardless and and that's something that i think has been really really unique because it is really coming down to things like pvp and pvp you can do whatever you want in the game uh, pve wise and if you lose something it's generally on you that you that you lost it and there's nothing you can do or say to get it back you can you know you can ask and plead you can go and, and try and fight the other ship or you can try and sail back to where it was and try and get it back but if you don't turn in your loot that's it and if you lose your ship you don't get anything so the fact that one they they took into account losing after a win and you still get the same same experience as you would turning in a four streak but also that you still get some experience even if you lose on your first fight and then if you do win you get rewarded even if you don't get any actual like loot from it you get now we actually get the supplies from that ship too and Mm -hmm. and it's it's like they you can see where rare is really starting to learn where the pain points for a lot of the time commitment that comes into play with Sea of Thieves. And they're addressing that and it's having boons across the the entire game as opposed to just arena mode or mm-hmm. just uh the 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 hourglass. And and I think that's something as far as, as if, since we're talking about design here, I think that's something that is really why i think season eight has done such a, a good job at helping further what sea of thieves is going to be like in the coming years mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let me ask you a question yeah as somebody who hasn't participated in a lot of season eight pvp yeah how has it changed if at all your games i think my games have actually been a lot calmer ever since season eight kicked up um if i'm not actively engaging with the hourglass i feel like i've seen reapers come and go um i feel like i've seen fewer boats sailing around near me and this is interesting because when the game first kicked off uh, back in 2018 they had kind of worked out what they wanted to be their time to engagement where you would set sail and this amount of time would pass and roughly about that time frame you should be running into another ship to have an interaction positive or negative and that time was 20 minutes and i can definitely say that since season eight has happened um i've run into fewer ships and i've been uh working on ledgers and emissaries with fewer interruptions both solo and with crews and i think that's really interesting because i think it it speaks to um it speaks to kind of what i think a lot of folks were looking for in sea of thieves to to allow you to be able to play in that pve world uh without poor man's pve server yeah effectively it is it is kind of like without taking the pvp out it is kind of taking the pvp out because most people are going to be geared towards um actually wanting to do pvp so they're going to engage with the hourglass and i think that's it's it's an interesting dynamic that has really shifted my opinion of how this game plays now hmm. interesting and i think 
if I could elaborate um, a little bit more, uh, I think this could potentially be a pain point for a lot of original fans of the game. Because I think a lot of the fun that came from Sea of Thieves was in that world where you would have everything encompassed all in one and having the ability to portal out or having the ability to dive uh, out of the server has kind of like it's 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 been a it's kind of removed some of that natural interaction that I think I think some folks actually really preferred to have when it came to PvP because you could kind of roll up on someone that you you saw in the distance and you thought about like okay well they're on this side of the island i'll i'll cut around um uh, to this side and see if i can flank them and see if we can get them but we're also at the risk of them being on the island and seeing us coming in because they're on a higher higher point and you know there's a lot there's a lot of that kind of tactical play style that gets removed now because pvp is just on demand if you want to fire if you want to fight someone you just fight someone even if you don't want to um engage with someone you can still portal out of a, a system uh, or out of a server well logan we're 36 minutes in to our recording and i have crossed off, crossed off exactly one of my notes so we're really making time that's good we're gonna that's get awesome. that hour you're talking about <laughs> Uh, something that was brought up almost immediately is what the heck do we call this? What do you call engaging in Season 8 PvP? Do you call it Season 8 PvP? Do you call it Hourglass Fights? Uh, what the heck do you call it? I think it should just be, you know, Battle for Sea of Thieves or PvP. Or, honestly, I feel like um, voting on the war map is uh, or vo voting on the hourglass is probably the 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 main thing that i would probably say like if we're gonna go do something let's go jump on sea of thieves and we'll vote on the hourglass that's probably yeah, that's what I awful would... i'm not saying that whole thing if i wanted to say so, hey let's jump in real quick you want to do want to do hourglass is usually what I, i've been saying and it's it's clunky and we need to as a community band together and find a word we can all use or two words, a small phrase that you can understand this so that we don't have this issue anymore. I hate it. It's the worst. How about smashing pumpkins? No. Okay. That's a band. Um, it is a band, but you know what? When when you want to be violent, you go smash pumpkins. Well, we're going to start just naming things after bands. All of a sudden, we're going to start naming royalty after queen. Like, how far does this go, Logan? I mean, you know, the next update could take us to Nirvana. <laughs> All right, I mean, sw moving swiftly on before we get uh, freaking uh, before we get a uh, Nickelback reference D in here. DMCA uh, for for naming <laughs> bands. Who, who knows what what could happen in this world of 2023? Um, but what's what was your next uh, topic? What was your next item? Uh, something when when I look at um, the design of season eight, something that I was very excited for before I got my hands on it was the idea to be able to sail normally and get invaded and fight off. For me, as somebody who didn't like Arena very much, uh, mm. that was perfect for me. That's what I wanted, just a little sprinkling of PvP into my game. And it was very exciting. Now that I've got my hands on it in practice, it kind of seems untenable for me. Uh, when I, If I lose that battle, everything I work towards is gone. I lose... Mm. All my voyage, the voyage I'm on, 
any voyages that were in my inventory, bottle quests, uh, grade five voyages, mm. whatever I had on my table, it's yeah. all gone. And that really, really hurts. And it, I mean, I only did it a couple times where I was just trying to get, you know, uh, doing PVE open to invasion. And I quickly yeah. stopped because it, it just sucked. I, like, I think I lost two uh, Legend of the Veils with it to mention that voyage yet again. Uh, listen, you're working towards getting your 50. I, you got to do a lot of them, okay, boys? So I, I got my 50. I'm not doing to the 100, at least not at this time, so you don't have to hear about it anymore. But it, well, I gotta, it I got to get first, to 100. You're going to do the 100? I, I got to get to 100. That's, one of, not my, a bad that's sword. one of my goals. It's not a bad sword. Maybe I'll join you. you know, every time you do one, you just invite me in. I'll dip in real quick, help you out. But, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> you mean when, whenever I get done with it and I'm about to turn in or I, I'm just about to finish Listen, it? Listen, I've done that you... to people. I've, I'm like, hey, I'm about to turn in this or that and I've got a spot open. Jump in if you want. But I'll be happy that's to true, do the whole thing with you. That's, that's uh, true. Uh, but but uh, where I was going with this was I think a tweak would be necessary for me to, to continue to use this content. Like Arena, I expect for Season 8. Me to drop off when when the rewards dry up, when I get my level 200 in both factions and have done the accommodations that require the curses to unlock uh, yeah. a, a certain cosmetics, probably specifically for the the, the Reaper's Bones, because I, I care very little for the recolored Athena set. Everyone's been wanting it since the color was leaked long ago, and I thought the white one was cool, but I thought the green one wasn't changed enough, and I still feel that way, and, and I'm very, I have very little interest in getting that, and that requires the, the accommodations that require you to use the ghost curse on them. So probably just getting to level 200 for, for the Athena and then 200 for the, um, the, uh, what are the Reaper's bones Reapers. called? We'll, we'll just call the them. Uh, yeah. Look at that more name confusion, huh? Who could have seen that coming? Uh, it's probably where, where I'll, I'll be done with it until maybe more rewards come out, but who knows if that happens? Uh, it would it would so be really think, unique, right? If, uh, like, let, let, I, I kind of want to pause on that. Do you, do you think, that given that there's so many levels between 200 and a thousand right that in future updates rare was anticipating to add additional rewards between like 300 and 300 to 500 for the next 200 levels it would be shocking if we didn't at least get that for reaper reaper has very few compared to athena everyone said it they also just have very few compared to anything like getting the reaper any sort of reaper themed cosmetics you don't get through uh through the servants of the flame you get just skeleton stuff and the skeleton stuff is completely hindered by the fact that you can't wear all the cosmetics you've earned up to this point logan i've won maybe maybe that's something that maybe that's something that people don't want though maybe some people have been wanting just to look like a unique skeleton for a long time and and haven't and, and the cosmetics that they have have just supplanted the desire to look like a real skeleton with sure. a bunch of yeah. really cool stuff i think that yeah that, that doubles not down discredit on my, that it doubles down my idea that they definitely want should increase the rewards because there's just so, so few customizations for people to to do with the skeleton. So I expect think, that they'll at least give us more Reaper stuff. Do you think that rare anticipated people getting so far into those levels um, at this point in the update? Yes. What do, I only know of Mino. There's not a lot of people that have gotten 1,000. I think I've it's exactly what they expected. I've seen it's a fair a, few on Twitter. You can never make balance changes based on somebody that plays your game like a job. You can't do it. 
if you That's do it, true. you're going to leave everyone into the dust. Yeah, there's, but you can, there's literally you, zero issue with a guy getting the top tier reward a, a month after release and the other 99.9% of your players, as intended, having to work longer to get there. Yeah. I, if anyone sees an issue with that, I I, I would want to uh, to hear them It'd be out, an interesting con- Yeah, videos. it'd be an interesting conversation for sure. I will say that... to kind of to kind of like tack on to the don't balance your game around the person who plays it like a job do consult those people because they probably know more about the game than most of the people that are actually building the game unless they're the actual Mm -hmm. testers and i'd say like every i've seen game design make me stop playing the game or have less joy of playing the game because you listen to those people too much yeah uh to not stir the pot i don't know if i'll name the games but it has happened heroes of the storm is and and even world of warcraft have had those issues where raids have been balanced based on race to world first Mm -hmm. or uh pro play has dictated the balance changes for the meta in heroes for for uh, mobas and stuff and there's, there's and when you look at something like World of Warcraft that has a, a, a huge, a shockingly huge player base, you can do that in a way that you make some things that will only affect those high tier players that uh, normal tier players would, would, wouldn't really matter much. Like a special version of the dungeon that uh, I, I don't know if this is the case. I'm making this up. A special version of the dungeon that's extremely difficult and that only people who are in part of these like high guilds would ever do. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the level of people who play Sea of Thieves like a job is high enough for, for you to, to sort of put time in to, to have those two different things. And I think what they have done is about the best you can possibly expect from it. That's what I would do. And I think it's 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 fine. But yeah. what it does lead me to say is this. Uh, we, we, we've got we, – we've – projected off to two things that i wanted to say from this point so excuse me <laughs> okay. if it sounds like we're can, going can back we, a step can we combine them can we merge them somehow i'll do my best okay uh, one thing i've never been more upset than it, it surpasses i think a period i've never been more upset period it surpasses when i got the davy jones costume without looking like davy jones uh the fact that you can't use your cosmetics with the skeleton curse feel like mm. a slap in the face all the stuff I've earned, all the possibilities. I mean, how many pictures have you seen of people meme meme dunking on them? Like, here's what I expected. Here's what I got. I wanted to look like the cursed captain in the tall tale. And instead, I have a bucket on my head. Like this sort of thing. <laughs> it is, uh, of course, I'm not saying what they have designed isn't cool looking. A lot of it is. I really like the the putting the starfish on my face. Uh, the crab thing, while not my style, is, is really unique. A lot of it's pretty yeah. cool. Uh, but the fact that I can't just look like an undead pirate... Uh, is is a big shame. I think also uh, maybe this is another reason why I expect to see more uh, servants of the flame cosmetics over time. You can't really you can role play as a gold skeleton. You can role play as a as a, a plant skeleton. Uh, yeah. You can't really role play as a as a shadow skeleton. And even the plant a, skeletons just kind of a green color on your bones. So I expect more to look more like the things we've encountered in the world. That just makes sense to me. I have to I have to address this because they're it's vegans metalheads and uh goths for the skeleton types oh my favorite was to hear him being called salads salad skeletons is a very good one as well too i will accept salad skeletons anyway so i'm not saying you can i can hold these two things these two truths to be self-evident that those things look cool that we have but also it's it's shocking and, and and saddening that i can't use my normal cosmetics with it i wish they would tell us why i wish we could talk about it 
but we just get we're, we're talking to brick walls so there's, there's really I, I no can, chance i think i can have some conjecture on this I, I i feel like the reason for it comes down to the reason why we have costumes as opposed to costumes that can be um edited with different pieces like it is it is essentially reskinning your character with something that is like you could you can kind of do the whole thing you can't you can change parts of the skeleton curse but you can't um you can't change the fact that your skeleton you will be a skeleton whilst wearing the skeleton curse like you mm -hmm. can't be part skeleton and i and i wonder if that's a technology limit or um something that is actually a regulation limit because i know that in certain countries things like undead or zombies and stuff have to look a certain way and can't be you know there's, well, we're there's too late things... for that the main enemy have been skeletons for the vast majority well, I think, of this game's I life think, yeah i think skeletons are fine but i think it's like um uh bones being exposed through flesh you are, are think certain... you know why this game does do like chinese new year stuff this game can't be live in china can it even fortnite has yeah. to like redo their their skeleton boys i think it can but i think it's because they are no purely skeletons no oh. flesh interesting i huh. think that's the the caveat to, and, and i could i'm i'm not a lawyer and i can't i i'm speaking purely off of anecdotes that i've talked to people uh about for other games and stuff like that but that's mm -hmm. how i think you're able to get around that but regardless it is interesting that it. you can't <laughs> it sucks i would i would and love, I think there's yeah, a I, world in which we can live together harmoniously where you can have unique features where you can have a gold bar in your chest or or, or all these different cosmetics oh yeah and yeah. also be able to wear your clothes and pick between like, the two even if not two at the same time you, you have would, to choose whether you do one or the other or being able to do both at the same time all that that'd be wonderful but the point is it's it's really it sucks that they're completely silent on the issue and that they did like, I mean, I guess this I expected the whole PR thing of we're so excited that you make a negative seem like a positive, like, oh, it allows us to do these things so that you don't say, hey, guys, you can't do this, you know, positive phrasing in a positive way instead of a negative way. I guess we well, all should have expected to, that. Yeah, but I think it, and to kind of think about like from their perspective, I can imagine that not having the thing or having the thing in a limited form is still better than not having the thing, period. Sure. Like, I, I would love to have a skeleton Logan, have curse you noticed that... how much you've had to say that, a la Defending Rare? <laughs> well, no, because I'm not... I mean, if if I, given the choice, if I could have a skeleton curse, I would have a skeleton curse that I did in my mind, but I'm not making the game. So I can't lay claim to what I think the game should have. I can say what I would like to have and see if that would be the case, but if that's not technically achievable sure. i have no knowledge of of how sure, achievable sure, sure. that kind of how a thing could we is. know they won't talk to us i wish they would talk to us I wish we could have a conversation about it it sucks it's the worst thing well, that's ever happened to anyone that's and i hate it one of the things that i try to do is, is try to get the the rare devs for this kind of content on the show so we can have that dialogue so that's that's one of the things that i could reach out and see if i could have those kind of dialogues with Logan, them, what I, I i'm would... trying to say is rare fight me you are trying to be combative on purpose fight um me. You know what I would love to. I'll dab you know right what on I would you. love to actually see. I'll crab on dab the... the entire recording. Don't think I okay. won't. All right. Actually, all right. I can't. All right. All right. I have a torn right. rotator cuff. I'm but trying I'll think to about agree it. with you here um, on this because I, there's something that I've been thinking like would be really awesome to see, and and I don't know how feasible this is, but I would love to be able to have a skeleton curse where when you equip the sword, the sword is actually kind of molded to the bone. 
Like it's kind of That'd grafted on there. Hmm? I said that would be neat. Yes. So that's that's where I see like those are the kind of things that I think if I were making the game, that would be the technical achievement that I would push for to see if that was something that's possible. And I and I can see that getting rejected because I could see people working out a way to if they can break emotes, I can't I, I can only imagine, you know, they'd, they'd be able to like break the, the UI so that it tricks it into thinking that you still have your sword, even though you have two guns out. So now you've got like two guns and a sword like I could already see the community figuring out a way to break it. So I, I would say that as much as I would love to have even just like simple cosmetics that I have in my uh, in my in my clothing chest right now on a skeleton curse, if that were possible, I think they would have done it from the get go. Hmm. I would love for them to tell us why it's not possible. I'm sure it would be a me, very oh, boring take too long. Like it would be a very boring technical conversation. I mean, even if we have, we can, we can continue. If, even if they say, let's say this, they say, Oh, you know, it's a technical limitation. It require a lot of dev time. Then I, yeah. then I have, I have a counter for that, which is fight me. No, the counter, <laughs> the counter <laughs> See, is, that's, and that's why they don't talk. Cause no, 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 they no, know. The counter, no, I'm just referencing me saying, know, fight me. It's a meme. I know you're everyone. being, we all love you it. Know Gale, that's ha, ha, the case. Fight me, Falcor. It's a meme. What I'm but saying you know is that's how people are, though. Is, I could say, oh, if, it, it, it's it's too much technical issue. Like they said, like they said when re, when uh, arena closed, it was too much. And if you remember, was my listen to my vignette, I said they were right. Thank you. Yeah. You know they communicated, and, and and I found it reasonable. But if they say too much te- too much technical time, and, which I would say something to the point of, oh, you you're you told me on your one of your latest streams, or I forget exactly where, that you now have the biggest team you've ever had working on sea of thieves and you're telling me that you think it's a bad allocation of resources to move some people to make sure that the clothes that literally one of the only rewards for playing your game in game cosmetics that that's not valuable enough for you to allow us to use those with the curse we earned the curse that we've all been asking for since day one you You don't think that's a, a, a good you allocation of resources yeah, but you can't use that argument because you're fighting a straw man at this point. They've never said that that was the reason why. No, we don't know the reason why. It's a straw man. It's a theoretical. It's, I'm, I'm trying to, to say why it's good if they would communicate to us. I said it's good it to communicate be, to us. You said you said uh, no because not, fight me. And I said yes because cl- it can create a di- dialogue. And I gave you an example of a dialogue. True, but like we don't know the reason. So it could be time. It could be technology. It could right. just be the like it could be a combination of two most likely it's probably a combination of two that's why correct and all i'm saying is i would love to know what it is so we can have a dialogue about it i i think the dial i mean again i i feel like it goes back to the if they could they probably would have Ahoy there, Pirates. This is the ad for this episode, and I did want to let you know if you wanted to avoid these and just get a regular filler, you can head over to the Patreon. There's a special feed just for patrons that get the ad-free version. If you want to keep listening, though, I can't say I blame you because this week I want to let you know about Loot Crate and getting 15% off of most crates and crate subscriptions when you use the link and code ROBOTSRADIO in the show notes. Also, you can head over to audiobooks.com, get your first three audiobooks for free, and that can include any 
to VIP books or use the affiliate link for Green Man Gaming. If you're a PC gamer, you'd like to save money on games. It's one of the benefit of being a PC gamer. Head over to Green Man Gaming. You can get codes for Steam, Epic, any of the different stores that they have deals going on. They have deals going on all the time. And if you plan on buying there, please consider using our affiliate link. All of that goes straight to me through the network. Thank you all so much for everything that you do to support this podcast. It means the world to me and I continue to try and improve the quality and the content for you. With that, Pirates, let's get back to the show. And I think that's the hard truth that a lot of us just have to swallow. Sure. I would like to hear it from them. I would like to have a dialogue <laughs> about it. I, will, I would like I will to tweet, not have to say probably this, probably that. I'd like to hear what I you would, have to say. I, I will tweet at Rare and say, hey, is there a technical slash time reason why cosmetics weren't uh, able to be applied while wearing the skeleton curse? Sure. <laughs> uh, then fully reeling back to the initial point I wanted to set up about, you know, being invaded and losing all the things when you lose and, and hopping servers and how I'm not going to continue to play uh uh hourglass After. content past the rewards drying yeah. up uh is because of this if i could continue my voyage after being sunk like being sunk normally mm -hmm. in the world that would be great then i would keep it on because i enjoy having a sprinkling of fighting every once in a while and the rewards that come with winning if i do win uh yeah. how we do that of course is is up to 900 people saying what they think my my two cents are uh right now you can't the reason this happens is because you you switch servers the reason because you know you the the, the rare said that they didn't want uh, people to be able to come back and harass and it was good that you know you lost your gun it was a full victory um i i respect that but I, in practice i have seen and i have done uh winners when they win, they uh, they go to two things. The next order of business is either to dive again, leaving the server anyway, to match make again, or to turn in. And th th they've now taken themselves out of that the um, the factor either way. In my experience, those are the two main things people do anyway. So I think it would be okay to have the losing ship, even if you want to make it just if he was invaded, to be able to stay on the server. So they can continue to do their voyage and not lose all the things, not make it such a punishment for losing that it makes me never want to raise it. I think there is a world where that might be possible based on the tech because they can track stuff between servers, obviously like stuff that's in your barrels when you when you get merged from one server to another stays there. You know, your placement stays there, your your uh, your sales and, and anchor position stay there. Um, I could see them starting to track your voyages and your voyage progression uh, with being able to migrate between servers. I think that that is something that they probably could turn on. I don't know for sure, but I will say that you're not wrong in that if you were on the defending and you do get invaded, you can lose everything that you have, uh, your supplies, you can lose your gold, any anything that was on, on your uh, ship when it lost. Um, even the, the map bundles, I'd be okay losing because those are a turn-in. Uh, mm -hmm. 
But I, I would say that any voyage that you're working on or any voyages that you have in your current map quest wheel, I do think that that is something Rare should consider tracking between server migrations so that you you can continue working on something. Because I think that would also feed into adventure and in general where you only have so much amount of time to work on something in Sea of Thieves. Like you jump on, you've got an hour, you want to work on a quest. It's a big quest. You know, you bought one of those big captain voyages and you just want to chip away at it a little by little. Having something like a progression system or not even a progression system, a um, a persistent system that allows you to whatever voyage is on the table when you leave the server, whether it's through a loss, whether it's through a portal, whether it's through a natural migration, whether it's you logging off, having that get be persistent through uh different you know whatever whatever happens to your ship but whether however you migrate i think that would be something that would be a huge quality of life update because then you could actually start having people working on some of those larger voyages like a voyage of gilded restitution um having those being done over the course of multiple sessions or between multiple servers is something that really should be taken into account and I think that might actually help with what your what your criticism of the of the system is currently in its current state. All good thoughts. I would add only this that it doesn't include if I was working on a world event. Mm. But I think mm, I'm I'm okay with that because the world events are opt-in experiences that are specific to each server. Otherwise, how would you how would you have because because you can only have one event active at a time per server, mm-hmm. and those don't those don't happen uh, at the same time per server. Like you can have a you can right. have an Ashen Lord on yeah, one so server. I'm saying you can it's have the a, one flaw with still letting us migrate and just yeah. keeping us on the server. I but I do I do agree that I think that the losing party should move to another server. The victors won. They get your supplies. They have time to decide what they want to do. They can stay on the server or not. I think it's the mentality right now that people typically either dip uh, into a new fight or they dip out of the game completely. That is either because it's at the end of their session or they're continuing with the the, the goal of working on it. People want to leave on a high or they want to keep doubling down. And I think fewer people are actually going in between and in, in doing like PvE, then PvP, then PvE yes, because what you're saying is that pain point is, is that you lose everything uh if you do pvp in the middle like if yes. you lose then you lose all you, you get kicked off the server you lose all your There's voyages a difference between losing my treasure and losing all the potential of treasure all my voyages yeah. and everything we've never and been I, able to lose those before yeah I, th- I think that i think that is something that would be a really cool quality of life change to see of these I think that would help a lot of folks want to go into Sea of Thieves for smaller sessions or take on bigger things um, without feeling the pain of not being able to complete it. Like so many people have the completions part of the commendations for the different trade companies incomplete just due to the fact that every time you get to 75 or every time you get to 50, any voyage you buy, unless you're on a captain ship, is going to be a a honking big voyage to try and do. 
And it's a shame disincentivizing people to be doing these PvE contents because some of the most interesting battles can happen when you're in the middle of a world yeah. event. Or like I said, when I was doing Legend of the Veil, I was at the last section with the with the fort shooting cannonballs at both of us. Both of us, it was very exciting. Or being yeah. in a storm. I mean, all these things just aren't happening with the two players matchmaking together. It's very... Yeah. Um, What's the word? It's a very, uh, not whitewashed. It's just a very uh, clinical. Safe. Safe environment. Same experience. Not that it doesn't add randomness. I mean, if you've ever played a game, like I played Hearthstone as my touch point, but any card game, one of the reasons randomness is so intrinsic into every card game you've ever played is because it allows replayability. If the cards are all the same in your deck uh, and you always draw them in the same order, uh, that's that's boring. You're gonna play a few and you're gonna be done. But if oh, it depends it, on it, what I draw, or and the card effect has random effects and does different things. Uh, that is intrinsic in a lot of games, not just card games, into replayability. So there is something nice about even during normal invasions, you might come up in the fog, you might come yeah. up, uh, uh, and, there, and and there's a cannon, a, a, a keg in one of the the barrels near you. I don't know how yeah. how true that is anymore, since I think they they didn't they displace where those uh, supplies are no longer in the middle. But the point is, there's still a little bit of randomness. And to have more randomness because people are engaging in PvE when they get invaded is, is I think, a, a real way to increase the longevity of, of this game mode. Anecdotally, do you, do you see people taking risks as defenders? Like, the number of times that you've invaded, has it been on someone who is caught in the middle of a world event or out in out in uh like on on a big island working on a uh, no, or like on a vault always they're just at the the their spawn yeah i think that really does speak to the fact that people are either doing the pvp either at the beginning of their session or at the end of their session because there's nothing that persists between losses mm-hmm. or wins. Yep. If you if you dive, you lose everything. If you if you lose, you lose everything. And there's nothing that's keeping you between those. And I think that is what is leaving out some of that that naturalness that was part of like the first couple of years of Sea of Thieves, where you could stumble upon a ship that was working on something naturally. You know, how many times would you kind of sail out to uh, a ship that was working on uh, the skeleton fleets and you try and kind of mess with them to see if you could sink them and then finish up the fleet real quick. Yeah. And with the PVP, I feel like it's, it's, and I think you're kind of uh, speaking to what, what I would call sterile gameplay where that's the, word. you're, you're, you're coming into, into a situation that is so free of variables that people are trying to really kind of, and, and it, this does happen with card games, even though there's an RNG element, there is always a meta and the meta is to find the cards that have the best bang for your buck to min max it so that you can get the best uh the the best um chances of pulling the cards that you want or pulling more cards at once through through your your plays to be able to have the tools necessary to be able to do that and we see that with cursed cannonballs we see that with blunder bombs and people will stay away from rng elements like world events big islands vaults shrines things like that because it's too much of a risk to do those and know that you'll be able to respond properly when you do get invaded Mm -hmm. i think this 
I didn't expect this, but I think this is the case where this is like the most important thing that we're going to talk about today. I think this is, I think you've really helped demonstrate how this is, is really impactful on what season eight, uh, hourglass PVP, we need a better term for this, uh, looks like in the long term, how it affects the PVP, hourglass PVP. It, it's yeah. a big impact. Yeah, I think there really does need to be a way, and, and I don't know if it's, I don't know if the engagement has to start in a bigger space between, like, because, and, and this kind of touches on some of the things that I think folks are running into is, is the engagement area is pretty good as far as like where, how, you know, when you get into a fight, um, you both kind you both kind of come up into it at roughly a, a, the same distance apart from each other. But I think one of the main criticisms that I've had of this so far is, is that the defender is not locked into in, 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 in inability to move. Like you can't interact with anything when you're rising up from the water. So in anything that you do prior to actually rising up uh, is reset completely. So if I, if I wanted to prep my ship for a fight as an invader, I can raise my sails and I can turn the wheel but as soon as I come up out of the water, all of that is all of that is reset. My sails are all down. My my wheel is centered. My rank my anchor is up, and I have no choice in that matter. There Whereas is actually the, one thing that persists. Do you know what it is? Um, cannonballs. Sail. Well, probably. I think. I actually. I actually don't know if the angle of your cans persists or not. I know. I, but I know when sail we were, angle persists. Believe it or not. Oh, the angle does. Okay. Yeah, if you have it all the way but, left or middle, whatever the heck interesting because i know because you don't know what the wind's going to be yeah you, you choose, don't i'm always going to turn left so my sail will be to the left so it's not in my view yeah i think that's that's it but i, I think that would help kind of try and balance some of the engagements that i've run into and some of the engagements that i've talked to other folks about is being able to have that information persist and i think that's where like we were talking about um this all ties into how server server migration works like when you're moving from one server to another the things that persist um the the how much sail is uh is currently out um i don't even know like loosing your sails um whatever nautical term it is to have your sails <laughs> unfurled sail length. Uh, yeah sail length thank you having that persist between migrations i think would help for the quality of life for arena 3.0 as well I think I know why you're saying this. It's because we, we, we did a fight together where we invaded somebody. So they had already turned. And by the time we even began to turn, they already had angle on us and lit us up. Yes. But this and isn't, let that me was a least, perfect, that's a good example of something that I've run into multiple times. I'm shocked to hear that. So my theory was going to be that, you know, that was the only time you ran into it, but you, you've, you've done few dives. So, it, you know, it, it it's become a good portion of your, of your, encounters i could tell you in the 150 or so ships i've sunk plus whatever i've i've been sunk uh that's the first time i ever encountered that mm. but so they I, were I didn't also consider a it really an good issue that, that occurred a lot enough to to to, to warrant consideration on how to mitigate the, but you're right if we are invading more often because people are no longer punished for defending uh then that might become something to to look at yeah 
And and, and, uh, and the only reason I, I bring uh, the only reason I'm really calling attention to that is because the crew that we fought was really good. And as this mode persists and as people continue to engage with it as they're working towards their their level 200 cosmetics and such i think that the skill gap between folks that engage with it and, and don't engage with it will start to widen and we'll start to come across people who that the, the ones that are engaging with it are going to be higher quality of of uh gameplay when it comes to to matches and having limitations like not being able to interact or have persistent uh planned um movements with your ship as the invader um will put you at such a disadvantage that you'll just start getting rolled on and then everyone will be defending and no one will be invading because it's obviously the 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 safer mm -hmm. bet to go is to defend i think maybe it won't be as big of an issue as you're expecting because theory craft when it runs into uh practice there's a gap there many people oh yeah expected that oh people are just going to set up kegs and i'm going to spawn in and get destroyed they're going to have traps for me or or, or 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 spawn me in any number of unfavorable yeah. scenarios and the number of times we're seeing that happen is extremely small uh, so and i, I, I do wonder whether or not it, it would be that bad of an issue but eh, who knows i it, it you do bring it, it, you're not wrong I think that I think the example fails in certain areas, but I, I do agree with you in the instance that I think that it will it will only time will be the, the true test of how how okay. this ends up going. Right. So we'll have to kind of see how things go in season 10 or season 12 in, in the future and see, like, maybe we could revisit this and see, like, how did it actually play out when we thought this is how it would go? Like, are our defenders actually on the. On, on the back foot as opposed mm -hmm. to invaders or, or like where does it really does it matter does it really matter or does it just kind of feel like certain times crews get the upper hand before you really get a chance to start on equal equal footing let me ask you two big questions i'll start with okay. the lesser one Can we do you think that reaper and servants of the flame factions should be the only ones with pvp based accommodations Ooh, um, oh, I think Merchant has an opportunity to expand upon their content as far as it being just purely PVE right now. I think Gold Hoarder is pretty clear. They go looking for treasure. Um, I think Actually, that there's to interrupt definitely... you real quick, just to, okay. to provide accurate information, you made me think a merchant has accommodation about turning in stolen uh, commodities and aside yeah. from the bilge rats i don't think there's another and then obviously reaper and nothing just reaper there's no one yeah. else that has accommodations based on stealing <laughs> funny enough merchant does yeah but i think that's because of the nature of merchant and how they because if you look at like what merchant is merchant really is capitalizing on profitability of resources whereas gold hoarder is wow this is a really bad way to really kind of explain this but gold hoarder effectively is as well but their their mindset is purely on gold not necessarily like how you get it but if it's gold um order of souls is obviously going out to get skeletons which is a, a purely pve um thing you can't fight other 
people dressed as skeletons and get Order of Souls credit. Maybe that could be a way into that. Like maybe, you know, other pirates as a skeleton curse could be a way to actually do that. But I think merchant really, because it, it comes down to supplies and resources as as the actual like thing that gets you gold um, has better opportunity for PVP commendations. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Well, speaking of commendations, we, we have seen... Uh, if we remember, for some reason, we're talking a lot about my Athena vignette. But in that, I did mention how uh, Arena did, in my opinion, accommodations right that uh, still uh, other companies struggle with. The and are you these new about factions his... are doing are taking some cues from Arena. Uh, where I know where you're going. Where there's a set of accommodations that you can do right off the bat. And then there's a set of accommodations that require to uh, require you to progress a certain way through the faction first, namely get the curse and then do these things with the curse equipped. With the curse on. Uh, so that that's that was an interesting thing to take from Arena. Um, and and let me ask you this: What do you think about the fact that we that the accommodations are just about solely based on ships being sunk? We don't have get. X kills with Y, you know, 100 kills with a pistol or with a cannonball or, 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 or you know, uh, other such things. Just uh, yeah. not, 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 not just solely based on it, did the ship sink or not. What do you think about those not existing? So I do have to I do have to throw in some some little addendums into into this, a little couple amendments here that we do have commendations for the trade companies that are based on the emissary system that require you to do certain things wearing this having this set on um things like that like in and even if you look at the the deeds which not many people do a lot of the deeds that you can accomplish to earn renown are based off of wearing a certain set of cosmetics um, while doing this kind of content i don't uh, believe that's entirely accurate i understand that there's accommodation for each faction too have a ship set and the, the clothing on but it's a, like a, it's a one triggered thing and even the the trials are are the same thing i don't think any of them are do it while you have the outfit on go turn in 10 merchant chests i don't think i think it's all just do it once well, and you're done there's there are those and i think that there's other ones that um are kind of i want to say that there's definitely stuff that at least with the oh because I know there's ones that you get for getting credit for turning stuff in while uh, and as an emissary, right? Like Correct. you have to be a Reaper 5 mm-hmm. to be able to get credit for turning yes. in a certain number of flags. Well, yes, that's that's true. I don't there is nothing um, that requires so you to wear an outfit for any period of time. There's also yeah, so there's things like that, but I'm I'm trying to think of if there's other things, but I, I think that those are kind of like the one-offs, right? So there are a couple, but it's not mm-hmm. it's not to the degree it's not like with arena mm-hmm. where you had to get kills with the sea dog uh cannons to be able to get the triumphant sea dog cannons. Right. And and I think that is an interesting approach that is coming with these latest allegiances and i i would not be surprised if this system becomes the new um the new system that gets applied to the other trade companies i was talking about this last episode where i feel like um 
what was going on with the the guilds comment during the orb stream was that there's no real way to expand upon the trade companies levels in the same way that you would normally expect them to like i don't see us going from 75 in each of the trade companies up to 100 with a new set of cosmetics i see us having a new faction that is giving us uh, a solidarity towards one trade company that we can then really represent in the cosmetics or, or the design of of those uh people through a, a system that is just like with the allegiance where you're working your way through multiple levels and the levels are a lot quicker but you have to be doing certain things with the certain things or the you have to be doing certain um things while wearing items from that trade company to properly represent them it, which i think is what emissaries originally intended to be it would be cool for at least the role playing of the world out there where when you see people you know wearing servants of the flame they they all they often are skeletons when you see people doing merchant look they're in their merchant clothing or have merchant ship sets on i think that that's a really inter interesting way to incentivize it without requiring it like Somebody could think, hey, that looks cool, but if the game made you wear merchant and use merchant equipment when you're doing merchant, we'd all throw a riot. But incentivizing it, it makes it pretty pretty cool. It makes the world look a little interesting, I think. I think that's that's an interesting direction. It's the role play that is in Sea of Thieves that I think a lot of us love to have. You know, we we want to have the cosmetics that are the super piratey cosmetics. We want to look like Jack Sparrow. We want to look like Davy Jones. We want right. to look like uh, Gold Hoarders and, and Order of Souls characters oh, I don't know. and stuff like that. Or maybe like, like my normal pirate, but with a skeleton on. <laughs> Imagine that. What a we, flight we, of yeah, fancy. That's like, Fight me! Yeah, that's like the, the stuff that we want to see that kind of world where we're able to roll like it's the whole reason why so many of us are enthralled with the new golden sands outpost is because it it brings something that is so unique and in, in potential for role play or at least just something unique to the world um that we're we're looking forward to seeing how that's going to happen in the future like what is going to happen as a result of that and because of that you could very easily see um how a lot of this is stuff that they could do if they brought the allegiance stuff into uh the other trade companies to really kind of let folks narrow in the the thing that i think rare really needs to do though is they they have to stop playing to the party they need to play to the person in their individual thing like everyone is going for both curses everyone wants to have access to both curses and i think rare needs to be a little more uh selective about their their like letting people do that like let's have folks really kind of narrow in the focus for certain stuff and if they want to get know around if i could disagree with you more i think it was phenomenal that we can get both curses I think it would be phenomenal if I had more than one pirate to be able to split off and have proper role play for these as opposed to, ah, I'm just going to wear this this one day. Oh, wow. You and I are diametrically opposed on this. And that's fine. That's fine. Because I think your I think your mindset is the one that Rare will continue to push through because they want to have everyone given the opportunity to really kind of... Um, What's it called? And th this is, I think, where we see a little bit of this kind of teasing in, like my idea kind of teasing in because um, the milestones are a perfect example of you start to see where you really spend your game time and you start to level up those milestones in a way that really reflects 
what your play style is. And as a result, you get better rewards for how dedicated you are to that play style. Mm -hmm. It's the reason why we have the 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 level 1000 curses, right? It's because sure. you're seeing the people that are really dedicating the time to being uh, a, an Athena person or a Reaper person, you know, and those are the those are the rewards that you can point to and be like, that person has dedicated more time to that than anything else. Sure. So I see a little bit of it. I think it's it's a good way to go, but I hate the grind that it requires. I would much rather have a shorter grind, but lock myself to, to one specific trade company for those cosmetics and be able to decide that those are the cosmetics that I want to reflect my pirate. So much of the game is built up around the idea of, what your pirate's history is, what your story is and stuff. And I can't tell a story that really shows like I was a die in the wool order of souls guy from the get go. I've always been an order of souls because I have everything. Which grind is tougher or harder or longer uh, getting a level 100 curse or getting the gold hoarder curse? I th think it depends on what your skill base is because i see people who are really good at pvp thinking i never want to get the gold curse because i can't stand going through all those tall tales five sure. times but i could also see the opposite where the gold curse was easy because i love doing those tall tales but i hate dealing with other people in pvp let me ask you the biggest question the one that everyone's been on everyone's mind what do you think about two highly anticipated, long-desired, lore-rich curses being locked behind exclusively PvP-based rewards? Up until about two weeks ago, I would have told you that I was not a fan because I want to see the lore. I want to, I want to be able to experience the lore of the game holistically. Um, it's why I work so hard to try and go and complete everything that I needed to do to get to the ending of the first mystery, which is still in the game, by the way, people. And to not to know that there are things that it's why I'm going for Reapers first, right? It's why I'm going for my skeleton curse, because Reapers has the one thing that I can't see right now. I can see parts of the Pirate Legend Tavern from where I'm at. I've seen enough videos of it to, to get an idea. I haven't been in there in there, but I, I can definitely get, uh, you know, a good idea of what the layout is. I have no clue what the Reaper hideout or what the Reaper's lair looks like. And I want to see that from a lore perspective, because I know that there is lore down there and I haven't been able to go visit it. <laughs> and knowing that it's locked behind level 100 for PVP is excruciatingly painful for someone that deals with um, anxiety and fights when there's there's stakes involved and mm. that's why my mindset has had to shift because much like the original pirate legend weapons where i was frustrated that they were tied behind wins for arena and i and i never got those um i always wanted to know that i'd be able to experience all of the game at some point you know even if i couldn't necessarily get it on day one or in the first year i wanted to know that i'd be able to like immerse myself in the lore and knowing that the curse is something that is tied to pvp and that access is tied to pvp um i'm i'm bummed out about it but i've decided that if i have to lose my way 
to get the curse and lose even if i have to lose every battle i'm willing to anchor down in the middle of the fight and let people sink me so that i can get a fraction of the reputation so that i can actually get it get to a point where i can actually go and and see that content at some point because at some point i'll be able to actually enjoy it and it may take a lot longer but I'm, I'm still going to be able to see it at some point. I just have to commit to being willing to lose. I'm of two minds about it. Uh, when I did Arena, I did it to get the legendary weapons because it would, you know, top off my set. Um, and the only reason I was triumphant, Sea Dog, was because I could do them essentially both at the same time. I think when I got my legendary, when I got my uh, legendary Sea Dog and the weapons. I was like, you know, maybe 10 wins away from getting triumphant. Otherwise, I would never have gone for it. Uh, I was interested in a specific reward, and I did it. And because of that, I, you know, had some positive experiences with a mode I probably wouldn't have touched, or at least not much. And uh, I've had that happen in other games. I'm not a competitive player. Aside, I don't know, big exception, StarCraft. I play a lot, you know, I enjoy StarCraft a lot. Even that, even so, I've been playing a lot of the co-op mode this past couple years over the versus mode, but neither here nor there. Uh, but Halo had Halo Master Chief Collection has had challenges to earn points to unlock things that required uh, you to play multiplayer. They have a set of campaign challenges and a set of multiplayer challenges. And that was really beneficial for me. It, it opened me up to a whole new world of playing multiplayer Halo. Uh, I know a lot of people that's where they started, not me. I got my start playing Halo in campaign. That was like all my good memories, all my warm memories was playing campaign. Oh, here's here's something really fun. Oh, I've been dying to tell somebody this. When I was younger, I could only play Halo by being at other people's houses. Like this is the way I experienced Donkey Kong Country for the majority of my life uh, or my childhood. Uh, was going to other people's houses, they'd have the game because I never the system I had was an N64. I didn't have any Xbox or PlayStation. I would go to my friend's yeah. house. Final Fantasy VII, I played at my friend's house. Uh, so I go there and I would play campaign because, I don't know, I just didn't, didn't enjoy the multiplayer as much. Or I just, I've just always been a, a, a solo kind of guy very often. I play solo games. And and when I was in Jersey, I recently moved to New York, but for the past like year, I was in Jersey. And uh, and I would I would go to my cousin's house when I was a kid, or which was my grandfather's house. He lived there. Uh, and he, in his room, he had his Xbox set up for Halo 2. So I'd sit there and I would I would grind through Halo 2 Legendary. And if anyone knows anything about Halo 2 Legendary, it's a huge skill jump from from Heroic to Legendary, specifically on Halo 2. It's like in Left 4 Dead, if you ever go from, uh, oh boy, what are those modes card? Hard to, whatever, to Expert maybe, whatever the yeah. top two are. It's a huge jump. It's not very incremental at all. And it was much like that. So uh, playing Halo 2 Legendary, especially as a kid, you know, it was harder when you were a kid, but I, and I got through it and I beat it. And, and it was, I was just, I was jubilation because, you know, I only had a limited time on the vacation before we went back home where I could be at my grandpa's house and, and play my cousin's Xbox and get this done. It was really exciting. Loved it. Loved the campaign. Then uh, I, don't, I don't know if it was last year. I think it was last year. Last year, with a friend of mine, we went through Halo 2 Lasso, which is a challenge in Halo 2. You don't need to know the specifics if you don't know. Just know it's very hard. So we're playing Halo 2 Lasso. It took us hours and hours and hours. Probably took us. That's a Wow. I would love to know how many hours it took us. Definitely a lot. It took us a, a couple weeks to get through it, playing together every day, doing levels, repeating levels, 
going through all these things, working out how to beat it. And when we beat it, I was laughing and we were talking about this very topic. And then I started like a delightful squee to myself. And he's like, what's up? And I said, I'm in the room, the exact room in which I completed Halo 2 Legendary. When I lived in Jersey, my uncle was kind enough to let us stay at my my grandpa's old house because it was passed down to him for our transitional period between Missouri and New York. And I'm like, I'm in the room. This was my cousin's room, which is now my office. And I beat Halo 2 Lasso in the same room I played Halo 2 Legendary on for the first time. Isn't that so cool? That's a really good story. I forgot the, how we got on the story, though. The the, the same uh, dressers I had, that were my dad's childhood dressers, came were given to me. I had them in New York, had them in Jersey, had them in Missouri. And then they went back to that same his same childhood house. There was something so, so cool about that. But uh, let's, let's talk about Arena's game design real quick. Uh, our, my last little touch about its game design um, that I think is maybe a flaw that I think we should consider thinking about. Skill-based matchmaking, in general, tries to get you a 50-50 win rate if it's working. You're people of same skill, you win some, you lose some. This reward system, game mode, has a reward system, I should say, that rewards you for streaks. That's a little incongruent. The game is trying to make it so that you win every other and lose every other, and the game's also trying to reward you for streaks. It's, I mean, it's not unlike other games that I've played, though. In, in other games that I've played that are skill-based matchmaking, um, you get bonus, you get bonus progression through the rankings for each consecutive win. So if you are playing Destiny 2 and you're winning in Crucible, once you hit five wins, you're on a streak and you start earning more and more reputation, excuse me, or levels um, on that streak. And when you leave and do something else, then you're going to lose that streak. Um, but That's as long PvP as you're playing. skill-based matchmaking? Yes. Oh, okay. Huh, and also with, uh, same thing with, um, I believe Heroes of the Storm does this as well too, uh, through the, through the, the leveling system. If you're, if you're, or through the, uh, the skill-based matchmaking, you're going up ranks and I think wins, uh, give you a, a like if you haven't played for a while, there's a pool of points that a win will push you further once you win. And the more and more you win, the faster you'll progress through those mm. levels. But if you lose, that then makes it, sense it to me. What that seems to be doing is trying to get you to where you need to be. And if the yes. matchmaking hasn't yet gotten you to your 50 50, it's going to accelerate the rate because you're getting these wins in a row. So it'll, it'll quicker get you to where you're, you're, you're balanced. That's not the Correct. case here. This isn't, this isn't determining your. That's true. You're not rank. on rank. Yeah. That's interesting. Because you're not wrong. There are no ranks, which I think was a mistake. Yeah, it's a little a little interesting. Yeah, ooh, ranks might be an interesting addition. But for for the sake of time, let me let me continue on. Uh black screening is still a factor. Not black screening, but being in a black screen is still a factor where you hear your ship sink and you're loading in and it's infuriating. Uh they solved this problem in Arena with the new arena uh, death thing where you don't go to the ferry you kind of float up in the air and you see your prior for a while and then he respawns 
Mm-hmm. I don't see a reason why if you're in a battle that you you that you I don't see a reason why you shouldn't have that arena style uh, uh death. I think that that cutting out the the fairy in that specific case would be wise. Hmm. That's tough because there's unknowns there that I'm worried about that I can't mm, just like with anything in the game. If, if there's a way to break a system or cheat a system, um, rare will figure, excuse me, not rare. The community will actually figure out how to do it and then do it. So yeah, well, saying something breaking them having to patch a break, an exploit, you know, I, I don't see any, anything wrong because you're confined to a battle zone so it's not like you can go out and use it on other people if people figure out how to take it out of there that's just something to be patched right i'm just i'm i'm trying to i'm trying to come up with an example like say you're working on a fairy of the damned or something equivalent to it right mm-hmm. uh, or not fairy of the damned fort of the damned and uh you've worked with another crew you've you've found out a way to convince the other crew that you're in a battle with that it would be much more lucrative if uh you yeah, I can't really come up with a good. That would example be shockingly hard to to manage. Somebody yeah. invading you, and then you've been like, "Hey, don't fight me. Let's do this Fort of the Dam together." Yeah, uh, that, it's because it, there's no there's no winner losing on that because you can't go turn it in either because you can't leave the circle. Yeah, I think I guess, because of the battle system, you know, Wade's design confining you to a space till there's a victor. Yeah. I really don't see it being exploitable, and I think it'd be wise. Get get get! Don't let us sink anymore. Don't let us hear us sink while we can't play the game. Uh, I, I, I think, say, well, oh, go ahead. You have more to say. Sorry. I wanted to uh, see if I could get clarification because it's been a while since arena. Well, it's been almost a full year at this point, but I don't remember what was the way that, because once you die, you float mm-hmm. up and then there's X amount of seconds before you just appear back on the boat. Right? Yes. Think of it the way an adventure where, uh, you, you you're looking at your ghost your ghost is floating up you have time to someone resurrect you and if they don't resurrect you in time and you don't give yourself up to the fairy you go to the fairy it's just yeah. like that except that instead of going to the ferry you respawn on your ship i believe i've spent a long time so you would you would take out the opportunity for pay players to release correct yes instance. there's no ferry to go to anymore don't worry about releasing to the ferry yeah, you respawn time, just spawn to you know back on your ship, or where, I think that's where Arena used to respawn you back on your ship unless you got resurrected. It, yeah, it would, and and I think I think that might actually help out because honestly, yeah, the the ferry load, the only boon to going to the ferry in this instance is being able to swap weapons because there's a weapon crate on the actual ferry. That is true. You would be giving that's, that up. Yeah, I think that would be, and, and and then unfortunately, this isn't like a a toggle that you can do, right? Like you can't just decide yeah. that you you don't want to go to the ferry as it. But a, they felt that that was fine to do in arena, and I'm 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 not. Uh, I yeah. think it's a, it's a good solution. But the the difference here is is that um, in arena there were other ships in in that mode that would pull attention away that could potentially pull attention away from the other Mm -hmm. ship that was pursuing you in this instance, because it's a one-on-one most of the time, Mm -hmm. there's less chance of you having, having a chance. Like if someone locks down your ship Mm -hmm. and you're stuck there and you're just caught in that loop, then it's, it's one of the issues that I think arena had was you didn't have much recourse. 
to, to be able to change up your weapons. you mention that because that is maybe one of the only things I liked better about Arena uh, was that, aside for, no, yeah, uh, was the fact that you had a bunch of ships fighting. We cannot yeah. get that experience except for that naturally happening with this mm-hmm. mode. It's unless 1v1, you come across a, an unless arena you or thing, or and then that's it's still server. not one versus one versus one versus one versus. That's still not a free for all. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's something that I would love to see expanded on. If that's a direction that we could see this mode going to, if they were going to iterate on this mode and not just keep it as it is, as a way to have you know bigger battles, it would be a lot of fun. Um, it would, but I I I run into the issue that. Because then it turns into a hunter's cry, and that worries me. Because there's going to be crews that are opportunists, and there's going to be crews that can't handle two ships at once or three ships at once. Because there's no there's no promise that you won't attack. Sure, my, your my hope is not that we remove one v one. Is that you can choose to have a big battle if you want. No, I know. I'm just I'm speaking to to the the flaws that came with arena where the, the wait times for multiple crews to log in were an mm. instant were an issue or the guarantee that you wouldn't get bullied by having multiple ships team up on you mm-hmm. um because it, like in arena we had a point system that dictated this person should be the point of of interest because they're the ones that have the most points so you want to sink them so that was the deciding factor for a lot of the uh mo for for most of the crews in arena sure in this mode it's sink or get synced and without a point system yeah 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 yeah. why not just incentivize you know letting everyone sink each other then moving in uh yeah yeah of course um, it would take it would take development of course yeah i think that's where if if they did look at that i would hope that they would take that into account as to one of the reasons why arena worked and and this would have to this would have to have further iteration that's true. Maybe one of the reasons why they didn't end up doing it. Yeah, we're um, running low on time though, so let's let's uh let's see what what other big points have you got. The other thing that I liked about Arena more was that you started with just about as much supplies as you could possibly use, sand special balls, which made it, you had to make you know strategic decisions with. Uh, luckily now with the, with the phenomenal, one of the best changes in this game period and sentence period is, uh, ship supplies, barrels floating up after you sink them. Amazing. That, that fixed that problem right up. It's beautiful. Yeah. And it puts into light the idea of changes, uh, being too quick versus too slow. You know, anyone who's doing any sort of competitive mode in their game has to consider the speed at which they react to things. Sea Thieves reacted pretty darn fast, and I appreciated it. Uh, but they, I think we all have to give them a little bit of slack because there are benefits, there are positive benefits to reacting slow and to reacting fast to problems. Sometimes problems work themselves out. Sometimes they're a meta issue. And then sometimes, like I believe in the supply issue, you know, it's a core issue that needs to be addressed. Give them yeah. time. Let them make the decision. And I hope they have people who have experience deciding when to go fast and when to go slow, when to fix, when to, how to decide whether or not something's a core issue or something that might work itself out. Uh, even big companies can have a problem with this. I, I hope that they have good people in their ears to help them determine when to do which. Yeah. You see, the, I think this was one of the issues that I think um, 
Oh, what was it? I think Halo Infinite had this issue with their PvP in that they they moved too slow to address issues with the the meta and as a result a lot of people dropped off dropped off from it because the 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 and I think it's happening in Destiny 2 right now too is is um there's a trials mode where it's a specific PVP mode that only comes up a couple times throughout the season. Right now, one specific class is heavily favored uh, based on their abilities. And as a result, um, a lot of people are are getting upset and, uh, and, and, and really kind of detracted away from playing the mode because everyone's just doing the same thing. That is, it's a clear it's a clear line in the sand that says like, look, there, there's a line that's been crossed here. We need to rare or Bungie ought to address it. And I think rare did a really good job of looking at the pain points of having players who want to continuously uh, jump into uh, in, into fights to be able to resupply quickly and to be able to address that. I, th- I do you think bananas still need to be in the game? <laughs> wow, what a great question. No. I don't know anyone that thinks that bananas still need to be in the game. And I think that is because the design of bananas right now does not favor the the those that are, are looking to genuine like I've seen streamers, they'll they'll have a quarter of health down. They'll eat a pineapple. <laughs> they'll have they'll they'll use pineapples to top off. No, the time it takes of, to go switch out your full inventory of fruit to get a banana, eat it, re- replace your fruit, and go back up. It's too much time. Yeah. If I only had bananas, I consider that I don't have any healing left. What I what I think needs to happen is a is a redesign of the banana. Let the banana heal over time, and have it be something that would be a good way. Because right now we have the overshield. Uh, that I effectively call, um, but it doesn't take into effect until after you have like been out of combat. Wouldn't it be interesting if you had one banana on you and you had an overshield or or like the overhealth, whatever you want to call it, the pool of health that you can pull from when you're um, out of combat? What if you ate a banana and that activated right away? Hmm. I think it is a little peculiar to have something in your fruit category that doesn't behave like the other fruit. But oh, you I mean think like it's a... an interesting design. Because mm. right now, I think everyone base either goes with coconuts or something better. But very few people yes. will rely on bananas Arena during combat. have bananas. gave you all coconuts. They recognize yeah. bananas were garbage. Yep. Which and and I think that's it due to the to the design around how long the matches were, um, given the changes to to the actual health pools that they restore. But I think bananas need to have a different role to play than what they currently are, because I don't know anyone that thinks that bananas still need to be in the game. Something I came across in Starcraft and I'm sure is in other competitive games something called ladder anxiety. You don't want to hit the play ranked button because you get very anxious thinking about it. And I have found that season eight's PVP hourglass system needs a better name. Uh, hasn't given me this anxiety as much because of 
you know, if I if I win, I get all that XP. It doesn't matter if I end up turning in or not. That that really helps a lot with my ladder anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. The fear of not wanting to play because you're one loss away from dropping rank is definitely something that I've experienced in other games, which is probably a good reason for them to not implement uh Rank. different yeah, rankings that's a very good point yeah i'm glad you said that um the last i go ahead. Oh, go ahead the last thing you I go to... ahead i will the last thing i want to say about season eight's hourglass pvp content is i find the solo sloop a little bit dull maybe that can be looked at in a way to spice that up i do you think that chain shots are in a good place for solo sloops i think they're I think anything that is a necessity is not. Sans basics, like, oh, you need ammo. Yeah, obviously. But mm -hmm. it is. it can be without chain shots. If you don't have chain shots and you go into a solo sloop battle, you are at a significant disadvantage because you just can't get them to stop. I'm not saying I haven't won fights without the chain shot. I'm just saying yeah. that it's such a powerful tool to make that game mode, that encounter... It can cut that game time from a 40-minute encounter to a 10-minute encounter. That's where I currently have concerns. Because I think, aside from the banana thing, which is a small, a small factor, not being able to do anything as an invader until you've actually gotten out of the water, um, there's something about the fact that chain shots in... in in a solo sloop are so almost integral to mm -hmm. wins because mm -hmm. it really does come down to the best thing you can do is immobilize a ship once you immobilize a ship you can start working on a death circle and if you get that death circle it's a lot easier to secure a win because you can start putting better pressure and there's nothing someone else can do because they're stuck and i wonder if chain shots are I, I, I'm very curious to know, like, would people be okay without chain shots or do people feel like they have to have chain shots to win? Like, where's the crutch? Even in, if in you get the mass down in a solo sloop battle, if you're not able to immediately capitalize on that, it's up and they're gone. It is, mm. it, it's a very tight yeah. needle to thread. You need to not have your sails at full mass so you don't blast by them. I've had times where I anchor turned to make sure that I can continue to still fire at them. Now I'm anchored. That's bad for me, but at least yeah. I can get shots on capitalized. Otherwise, I might as well have not shot the chain shots because I go past them. By the time I get back to them, it's back up where we set as if yep. there was no chain shots at all. It's a, it's a, it's part of the thing that makes stale to me that I, I find it, you know, a little, a little bit dull. It's tough because. They got a lot there's of zone so to run much around to manage. In. Yeah, there's so much to manage as a solo slooper that you really like you, if you're hurting, but you are able to capitalize on a good engagement, you you really do run the risk. There's been so many times where I've done solo sloop. I'll get someone, I'll get their mass down. I'll get enough holes on them, but I've taken hits as well and I can get a bucket. But if I don't board them and keep them from uh, bailing out their, their water, I'm going to lose this match. And then it becomes a ticking time bomb. Now it's now it's the, the, the difference between either my ship sailing out of the circle 
or my ship sinking to the holes that I can't repair because I'm too busy killing the person who's got a 15 second respawn timer on their on their ship and if mm -hmm. i get killed i'm out of it i have to go then and triage everything that i've just given up and it's so hard to come back from that and i feel like that is the 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 two the two outcomes for solo sloop fights right now is is you can either lose through getting sunk or you can lose through your ship not being taken care of because you're so you're you're so focused on trying to lock down the other ship and they're able to get one bucket and that one bucket is enough to scoop out so much water that it takes twice as long for them to sink as it would if they if they had never bucketed i have won a non-insignificant number of battles because the person came to my ship while they had holes in theirs and i yeah. either there's a couple things you can do one is you can intentionally keep them on your ship like i'll, I'll let them kill me or whatever because i know that then they're going to be on, if i kill them they go back to their ship so I'll let him kill yeah. me and I'll just keep the bucket or do what I needed to keep my ship up. And yep. uh, one guy had a guy on ladder. And at any point I could have done something to to indicate that I'm no longer camping the ladder or or to, to do anything to get allow him up. But I'm like or, or to knock him off with a blunderbomb. But I'm like, no, yeah. if he's on this ladder, his whole his ship is filling up with holes. So stay there all you want, friend. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's definitely some uh, some interesting plays when it comes to, to solo that, that that makes it so it's not. The dullest thing in existence but there are some things that i think need to be worked on yeah it'll be really interesting to kind of see how this goes um we're coming in on close to two hours and i want to try and keep that like our 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 hard zone our hard out on there but mm -hmm. is there with the last few minutes that we have is there anything that you can think of that is like top of the list let's address before this episode ends sure kai say a few words about the community decision the the one we're talking about the Pendragon Flameheart one or the uh, yes. the okay. I think it was sad that we didn't get to know how close the decision was. It makes me think it was a blowout. Otherwise, I feel they would have told us. Yeah, it was kind of weird that we didn't find out. Yeah, I wanted Pendragon to win just because it was funny that Reapers have lost on everything they've tried to do. They failed on everything they've tried to do, and it would have been funny if they continued to fail. That's the just about the only reason I want a Pendragon to win. Uh, that and it, I would have been intrigued to see the community's reaction to season eight with with Flameheart losing because it's become very clear that these decisions don't show their effects in game right away, and it would have been very peculiar. Oh, Flameheart got locked out of Resurrection. Oh, by the way, now he has a whole faction and a whole hideout. And he can bless people and give them curses. Like that 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 would have been seemed so weird to me. I wanted to see that happen to hear to see what people would say. I think it's one of the reasons on the loading screen he's glowing red. As sort of like, oh, no matter what the turnout, is he a ghost? Is he a skeleton? Who knows? Uh. I mean, you don't see him in the Reaper's hideout. His coffin is still there, but it's like somehow connected to him when you get the the ritual. His shadow is on the wall, which looks great, but still it's like, then why did he get the body? It's just like this weird, it's what made me not super invested into it because Pendragon, I don't see him outside of Tall Tales or I guess Adventures anyway. So he's mm. gone now. Okay, he's always been gone to me unless I have a Tall Tale down anyway. So there's yeah. not really a difference for me. And it seems to be the same way with Flameheart now. Like we're only going to see him in whatever story thing he ends up 
showing up in because either way he's just not in the world that's kind of i think the downfall of these community decisions is that i'm not seeing them right away i'd be interested to see what the actual outcome of this community decision will be in the game it took Mm -hmm. six months for us to see changes in the world for the first one so i anticipate that since this one happened in november and we had a short little stint before uh, the holiday break that we probably won't see anything until at the earliest June, most likely July. But I think that had Reapers lost, there's probably a good chance that this would have just been a delay. Like it, it didn't, it's, it's inevitable, but this would have been a delay in the inevitable and that we will eventually see Flameheart resurrected, whether it was through us acting in this community decision or not. Um, I think that the this will just happen a little bit faster because the Reapers won. But yeah. you're not wrong about Flameheart or about Pendragon being gone, feeling that he's always been gone because he really is kind of dropping in during the actual adventures. And if anything, it's a bummer to me because that's the only time I've ever gotten to see him. And sure. because he's not in any additional tall tales beyond the the two that he came in, the the fact that I'm not going to get to see one of my favorite characters in the game is a real shame because I think whether whether people wanted it or not, they want Flame Hearts, whether they wanted the win for for the Reapers or not, um, a lot of people went to Reapers because they want to see the Flame Heart story either come to fruition or end and, and move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that inevitably doomed uh, Pendragon, one of my favorite characters, to, to be locked away in the Sea of the Damned until whatever adventure comes along that allows us to go to the Sea of the Damned for us to be able to actually see what's going on. I honestly don't understand at this point we have the Veil of Ancients. Yeah. Pendragon is in the Sea of the Damned. Why doesn't Ramsey just open a portal to the Sea of the Damned and go get him? I mean, we've already seen him before the Veil was even a thing. We've seen yeah. him in, in the the Sea of the Damned. He could appear in our world or in either one. It's very yeah. peculiar. Whatever. Very peculiar and like you said about life. how it didn't feel like we our decision was impactful. Because like no matter what happens, I feel like you're going to bring Flameheart anyway. And if it, could be, yeah. if it can be a redhead in the sky or if he can be a skeleton guy walking around, I don't feel like either way the decision is going to impact him. Uh, it, 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 that is a, a crucial flaw in these de- these decisions. Yeah. Um, the roadmap. Speak briefly on that for 30 seconds. I think it oh sucks. Oh, God. You're going you're gonna to make me pull up the roadmap? Uh, season six, it, it spelled out Sea Forts and Pirate Legend content. That's because we knew what it was. So ignore season six. They already told us what it was going to be. Season seven, quote, new ways to play and progress, unquote. That is so vague. I challenge you to find a piece of content that you cannot apply that to. How could we possibly (laughs) guess what that was going to be? Season eight, expanded role play and quest types. First off, we didn't get any new uh, quest types. And yeah, role play. That's how anyone would describe the new PvP system, right? Hey, guys, we don't need to think of a weird way to call it. We can just call it the roleplay system, right, guys? <laughs> that was the answer the entire time. You know how PvP PvPers are mainly interested in roleplay? What are you talking about? Fight me! I think, yeah, the roleplay is most definitely like picking a side. 
I guess. Listen, don't twist things into fitting this false description. That will only serve to annoy me. So number nine, season nine's new social options for crews. I have no guesses for this because they're not playing fair. How could I guess what it is? Uh, let's see. New social options. New social options for crews. No, you're not understanding. I'm saying it's not worth I, guessing because they're not playing by the rule. There's no rules for us to be within. It could mean okay, anything. Okay. okay. So we got Sea Forts and Pirate Legend content for season six. That's playing by the rules. Uh, That's because we already seven, knew what it was. You know what? We're no. Just sit down. Uh, new ways to play and progress in season seven. Well, that's my, that's captaincy milestones. You progress through milestones. There's new ways to play as far as like being on a captain ship. You, you now, you know, have Again, a reason to have, a I challenge you to find a piece of content that you cannot apply that to. Well, it doesn't matter. Like if you, you could apply, you could apply three new adventures to anything you want as well no, to that means three mysteries. new adventures. That's what it means. We know what an adventure the, is a new way to play. That's it, anything. We know what a new adventure is now, but I mean, we don't know if they're going to keep that. No, so far, they've is, played by the rules. This is the, the, the worst devil's advocate I've ever seen. You'd be fired. <laughs> You'd be fired immediately. With our with our ten seconds left, let me say something. Okay. They should put ship names on the ship plates for sunken ships. Now that we have ship names uh, on the on the crests, that would be cool. Not I'm talking bubbles. about our sunken ships. I'm talking about the ones you find in the world. Yeah. And uh, good. I, I want air bubbles on those too, please. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, we should get a toggle option for subtitles for all the uh, great, uh, what do you call it? Um, not inclusive. Oh, my gosh. What's the word? For I don't all know. The, the, the accommodation they're, they're doing for people with disabilities, the fact that you can't toggle options for subtitles boggles my mind. Ah, uh, yeah. That is, there's a lot of accessibility options that I think accessibility are, options. That's it. I think there's still a lot that we can that, that we have to go forward with. Like Sea of Thieves is amazingly acceptable or accessible, mm-hmm. um, but there's there's still a lot of things that are are on the the checklist of things that we could definitely tweak, add, edit. All those kind of things would be fantastic if if we could, you know. We'll, and we'll probably see those because I don't think Rare has stopped with accessibility. But yeah, there's definitely a, a bunch that are still on the list. And lastly, it'd be cool if you could equip the Servant of the Flame hat with the Reaper's Bones costume. I don't know if I said it before, but wanted to make sure that I had said it on your show. I don't think you've mentioned anything about being able to wear cosmetics while wearing a skeleton curse yet. Some, some, <laughs> shut up. It's with the costume. <laughs> some costumes allow you actually to wear a hat, funny enough. It's like the only thing you can wear with certain costumes. And I want the Reaper's Bones to be like that so I can wear the Servant Servants of the Flames hat with it. And with You're, that, we've actually uh, gone through yeah, all my notes dark. for all your. Oh, we're running out of time. I was, I was already trying to get through all these. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's convenient. <laughs> convenient. The sound of me quickly deleting just... notes that we didn't get to, so I can't be called out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> As if I'll ever see him. You'll never show him to me. All right. Well, Caleb. <sighs> I know you do content. You do some content. If anything, you do content for the community that you have in your Discord server. Do me a favor and let people know where they can come and fight you. Yeah, you can come and fight me over on uh, Trailblazer Network. That's tblazer.net to see all our shows. We've got a show called Tales from the Lich, which is a defunct show, but we keep alive. I'll let you guys get that back catalog with some really great guys that are really funny. Uh, and uh, we got 
Trailblazer Academy, which teaches you how to play role-playing games, specifically Pathfinder. But there's definitely episodes there to teach you to play any system or any role-playing thing. Uh, listen to our episode on comedy. It's usually our best episode. It's also the episode where I talk the least. Funny how that happened that way. Uh, there hasn't been an episode in over a year. I know this because I was just talking on my co-host this very day, October, uh, January 5th, 2023, uh, about, hey, when you want to record next? And we looked up when the last record was, and it was 2021. That is very sad. So, new episode coming up very soon on a, on a, on a class. Maybe the, the, the hunter? No, no, not the hunter. Whatever. It'll be a ranger, maybe. We'll see. And uh, then Trailblazer. Season 3 is beginning recording in whatever 13 minus 5 is days that's uh really exciting season three it's been what five to six years in between season two and three season three starting to record uh i recommend listening to season two first season one was very old very uh, amateur including audio quality but listen to season two if you want uh it's like a it's kind of like an audio drama but you know they help tell the story yeah it's really really uh really proud of it uh, tblazer.net the shows are trailblazer academy and trailblazers thank you for having me on as always logan what a pleasure to talk with you for many hours it has been uh, a lot of fun chatting about this real quick before we go last question off the top of your head you got to decide one okay. way or the other I'm ready. should should math be compulsory for graduating uh students uh, for all 12 years of schooling no